0: Welcome, welcome, one, welcome all. We're here live on BerryFlow Upstream, number one hundred and nine. Here with our regulars, we got Blaze, editor in chief over at CrackBerry.com. How you doing, Blaze? Doing good, man. How you doing? Hanging in. We're we're here another week, right? Hopefully next week <laughs> is more exciting than last. Although you know, in the BlackBerry world, we had some things to talk about. Blaze, we're going to be talking today as well with Alex Bass, of Cyberbyte Sync. How are you doing, sir? Can't complain. Nah, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You can't complain. I hear you complain often, in fact. This is true. This is true. We try to keep it off air, just uh, for that matter. Uh, Interesting week, guys, right? As we transition here from kind of a very, very dull last week, there's a lot more that's going on in terms of BlackBerry security. We had this BlackBerry security summit last Tuesday over in New York City. Really a big event for BlackBerry. Probably their biggest, if not only, event that they're really doing uh, these days. And it seems that they were pretty focused on the New York area specifically. as part of this event, uh, a lot of news went down. Blaze, what were some of your favorite kind of headlines that you got to post out? Maybe just in terms of the press releases and stuff. I mean, there was stuff from data cards to you know uh, different integrations that they've done with partners over to U.S. Senate news. I mean, what were some of the highlights that uh, you know you guys were posting about this week on CrackBerry?
1: Yeah, I think some of the the biggest stuff that at least that you know, really caught my eye. They they basically uh, announced a, a partnership with the U.S. Senate where the U.S. Senate will use ad-hoc software for the crisis communications on Capitol Hill. Uh, the uh, U.S., uh, or sorry, yeah, the U.S. Department of Defense gave them another approval for uh, using the devices, BlackBerry 10.3.2 OS devices, on the uh, Department of the Defense Network. And the US Coast Guard basically extended uh, their capabilities with using ad hoc. So those were, were pretty much the highlights for me. And I mean, I think basically the biggest one there, it it, all, it almost kind of felt like BlackBerry was kind of like sending a message with the US Senate announcement because of the fact that you know we, we heard that that was basically how the BlackBerry Classic and that you know, discontinuation announcement sort of came out was through the U.S. Senate, so it was kind of like, yeah, that happened, we're not going to ignore it, but we're also still continuing to go ahead and work with the U.S. Senate, so I think that was one of the, the key things, and, you know, a lot of the, the market watchers, I guess you could say, paid attention to that because it was a lot of government contracts and a lot of government bills at that point that had to, to be paid off to BlackBerry, so... I think, you know, the majority of people paid attention to that. Um, there were some other announcements as well, basically. Uh, so Symphony's secure collaboration service is now compatible with, compatible with Good Dynamics. A few other minor announcements. Um, One of the things that I think you mentioned is a really
0: kind of stark reminder for people out there, in terms of what is going through right now, so just as the Senate, you know, is talking about discontinuing the use of the classic devices, we get news that in, in turn they're buying BlackBerry software instead. And that is, that is a story, John Chen, and basically all of BlackBerry were talking about at the security summit. It's that, you know, we're moving from handsets to software yeah. in, in, in an important way, right? An important way for us and our customers. And I think that's one of the most kind of underlying tones of the entire event. It's that BlackBerry is making this transition and, and making it work for them. Alex, in terms of you know, I-, I know you're not necessarily tapped right into the vein of all this stuff these days. Was there anything particular that this week popped out to you uh, maybe a little bit unexpected or even a little bit you know, more interesting than the norm that we get from BlackBerry with all these different security you know type announcements? I mean, I, I'm one of the people that probably relates to a lot of
2: people watching that uh, the only thing that I found most interesting was Chen was like, Hey, you know, we'll talk about the new devices next week. Uh, just let us focus on security <laughs> today, because that's that's what we like. That's what this event is for. Um, that was kind of the bit that I was like, okay, uh, so I don't need to watch any of this. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, oh, I watched
1: some of it. Show me the devices.
0: That's all I want to know yeah. about. Please yeah, yeah. get to it. It, it. It's an interesting. It's interesting timing as well for some of their partners, right? Because we know this next device that's coming, you know, next week is very likely going to be handed around to some of their key partners at events like these, you know, partners that they're really close with and they want to show, you know, hey, what's coming next? It's like, yeah, you know, on the low, here's what we're, we're actually doing and building, and this is, you know, part of our roadmap to come. And you got to imagine BlackBerry does have a more kind of drawn-out roadmap, but it's one they're using more directly with their partners as opposed to kind of putting out there for their consumers because, as we know, the consumer base is really, really different than how it was, you know, maybe three years ago. Something that caught my eye here was uh, QNX getting chosen for electric locomotives. I thought that was pretty cool. Another capability that BlackBerry has to tap into in terms of the market—an industrial version of the QNX operating system—I I just want to see more of these kinds of endpoints for BlackBerry. I feel like they're good places for BlackBerry to be to be able to grow in the future. But I can imagine as well that you know something like this. You know, a win like this with QNX is probably less monetarily beneficial than like something like their ad hoc or just a direct kind of B2B type software, right? Uh, I think of like Bez versus like them selling or licensing QNX. They're going to make way more on the Bez sale versus kind of licensing. So in terms of QNX and what it really has to do with my kind of overall BlackBerry story right now, where do you think they can actually monetize it? I mean, right now I'm seeing just not really many venues that they can go into. I'm sure there are a lot more silent kind of customer wins on the QNX side as they're kind of a wraith in the industry. But, like, for instance, I saw some Kia cars get updated, and now they have the capability of, you know, dabbling with Android Auto and Apple CarPlay and things like that. Do you think really that QNX has a lot to put toward the balance sheet these days, and are we going to start seeing more kind of a, you know people take up use of QNX?
2: I mean, I think they'll find ways to use it. It's, and from what it, what it seems like, it's very robust and it could work on a bunch of things at a core level, especially when we start getting into, um, like, autonomous driving and things like that. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if that's at a core level at some systems, and I think we'll see. I mean, but that's one of the things, too, where it's probably gonna be more quiet with a lot of things that it is. If it's just kind of sitting in a system somewhere as, at a very, like, low level, you probably won't even hear much of it anyway. So I think it's kind of tough to look around and see exactly what QNX is going to do, what's it directly going to affect the balance sheet and things like that. I think it'll be around like it has been, but...
0: Um, and I wonder, is it... Because we know in the... Chen has spoken specifically on how this works in the, you know, in the automotive space that you just mentioned, Alex. Like right now they're making royalty fees on kind of the software that they're licensing to... Manufacturers and Tier One suppliers who then put their systems inside of cars. So it's maybe not even like a direct connection with some of these automotive OEMs, but they are featured, you know, at the base as in core, as you mentioned. So if it is a royalty base, I wonder if that applies to their other industry verticals as well, like like the industrial stuff that they're doing, mm-hmm. or you know, the stuff they're doing for you know power plants and things like that. Versus also the market of healthcare, right, and their medical devices. I wonder, is that all kind of royalty-based or what, Or they have different kinds of breakdowns? Because if so, there's really... QNX will make money kind of years off in the future then, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Because there's really not that many peripherals right now that need this kind of, you know, faultless system, that real-time structure. A lot of the press release just talks about the QNX tool and the overall architecture just to be safe by design. You know, and that's really all they were looking for you know, something scalable that would be secure for what they were doing. So, kind of... Some something they don't stuff.
1: have to reboot every 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> right. Especially, you know, because this is, like, electric as well, it's kind of going more green, you kind of want to automate as much as possible and have a, a seamless system so that, of course, you know, the data emissions are going to be less for you on a well-managed system. The photo that, that's posted is just one of those little kind of rail cars that's attached to, you know, uh, electrical cable atop, so... Pretty cool stuff. I wish more stuff like this was told. You know, if it is happening more in the background, I'd love to hear more about it. I feel like, you know, part of, on the press side of that piece, they need to continue showing that QNX is being adopted in different places. Uh, you you kind of wonder what the overlying strategy is going to be long term for them. You know, ten years out, twenty years out, with the assets that they have. We've seen a lot of companies, like Intel specifically, trying to move into this IoT pivot and and just not getting the kind of revenue return that they want uh, how do you feel about that Alex in terms of in terms of blackberry pivoting towards software do you really think they can have like a long lasting foot to grow kind of their secure communication platform I mean we saw a lot of talk of you know this growth happening right now in terms of this blackberry security summit but do you really think you know kind of as an end user that you'd ever find yourself needing or going towards some blackberry software again I mean right now we're seeing a lot of wins for you know uh, you know emergency crisis communications but We haven't heard anything about BBM, right? Something that has a lot more capabilities than, you know, for what we know of ad hoc. Really different systems, but what are some of your thoughts on the correlations? I mean,
2: as as a user at this point, just seeing the way that things have been working out and seeing how my friends, like a lot of them, are trying to leave, say, Android, BlackBerry to just get iMessage. um, I'm trying to be realistic to an extent that there really aren't many more people installing BBM so either BlackBerry really has to figure something out with that and I don't know what that is or or if it could even possibly bring anyone over to it so something for instance like SMS integration that was kinda of added to Facebook Messenger and there's actually a lot of people that have switched over to Facebook Messenger as their main client so if they did something like that that would be great so I feel like there are things they could do to help the consumer market to get them on board for BBM but other than that like when I think of communication BlackBerry secure uh, for the com- you know, other than BBM, I don't know what, what is there from a consumer standpoint that we can actually physically like touch use
0: feel these devices oh wait oh
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> you know it, it's a really interesting story that they're, they're telling and I think one of the, the points John Chen, it just seems like the overall tone of the event for me was very kind of like we're tired guys and and I don't mean that in kind of like you know we don't want to continue doing this but I feel like they're like we've been beating a dead horse here with this message just trying to get you you all to understand you the media and you know abroad our customers to understand this this transition that we're making and that the transition will be beneficial for everyone right we're way more open than we were 4 or 5 years ago and we're a company that's now is stable in terms of some of the the revenue sheets we've seen I think the software sales portion, with them kind of sh- being a little bit shaky on that side, they really need to continue pushing on that avenue and, and working with their partners. I saw one of the uh, p- news, news pieces here: BlackBerry and AppDome team up to enable codeless integration of apps for the Good Dynamics platform. I thought that was another interesting kind of partnership, one of those seamless things that just helps bring people into the fray of what BlackBerry is doing. And we know that you know the Good Dynamics platform has their own application suite and things like that. Some, some cool stuff going on there as well. What was one of the special guests that we had? I mean, we saw a lot of different partners that BlackBerry had at the event. I know one of CrackBerry's editors tweeted out, you know, I'm at a BlackBerry event hold, and I got a Samsung water bottle and a, you know, a Microsoft bag. <laughs> and I thought that was really, really cool to show that. Again, the, their biggest partners are also some of the biggest people in the industry, you know, in terms of what they're doing. In terms of that, uh, uh, Blaze, who else did we have really at the security summit? I know there was a special guest that came on at some point, and prior to the event really kicking off, there was a little bit of pause because they were waiting for this person
1: to show up. Yeah, uh, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani did his uh, speech (laughs) and basically started off apologizing because he was doing so much yelling previously because he was... uh, uh, where was he at the Republican? I don't even know what they call it—the Republican National Convention. It's a little bit of politics mixed in with the BlackBerry Security Summit, just to yeah. keep things a little interesting there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, politics. Aside, his Rudy Giuliani story was actually interesting because he recalled moments from, you know, 9/11 when he was basically mayor of New York City at that time, and you know, uh, as BlackBerry ha- has. Used recently in one of their their videos, you know, 9/11 was a big big time for them, where basically all the services stopped working, but BBM BBM was still able to go ahead and keep uh, keep people connected during that time, even when you know the phone calls the systems were crashing and everything else. So, uh, you know, it, it was great to hear that sort of thing, but they, at the same time, I feel like that's that's playing off a little bit of too much nostalgia for probably what it's worth these days, because I mean, that was not, I don't know. The whole world is playing on nostalgia right now. But well, like a... It's true. It's true. And you're absolutely right. And these things are important and, you know, having, having connectivity in a time of crisis like that is important, but that also, I think, I think that they're, they're sort of, they're sort of using that situation to not in the not in the right way like to catalyze they, I know what you're saying. yeah yeah like they, they have ad hoc now and ad hoc is basically one of the systems that they can go ahead and use in a time of crisis. like the 911 stuff that they re, they refer to, it's great. It worked during that period of time but they're not even using that system anymore. you know what I mean because that was basically a pin to pin based system through biz at that point. And, you know, what Android device runs off of Biz? None, right? Like, Biz isn't even used, really, in BlackBerry 10. So you're recalling a system that technically doesn't even... Matter anymore, you know? Yeah, like, you you got rid of that system, and it's no longer a focus. So why not, you know, take that opportunity to go ahead and and sort of co-mingle the two? Because, yeah... Like I said, the 9-11 crisis was important, and it was great that BlackBerry worked at that point in time, but during during those same breaths, you should also be mentioning the time of crisis uh, situations that are applicable to ad hoc as well. Sell your services, you know what I mean? And it just doesn't seem like they were doing that. Uh, you know, may, maybe that. Maybe that's a long-term thing, and we still have to wait and see that play out, but it, it just seems like... You know, a little bit little bit of too much playing on nostalgia there without actually reinforcing the message that you have, you know, a crisis communication system called ad hoc. Yeah, Rudy Giuliano was a very interesting choice. <laughs>
0: I, yeah. I, I, I still can't, can't quite get my head around it. He seemed to know, you know, an ample amount about security and obviously with his consultancy prior and post, you know, what he did... For the city of New York, I found it an interesting very, again, pointed choice. As we opened the podcast, I said you know, Blackbird was very, very focused on New York City, and I think that was one of the reasons being that they have a lot of their customers right there in New York City as well. So it is an interesting foothold for them, an interesting event for them to do on a yearly basis. Now, was
1: this the third? This is the third year that they've done that event, is that correct? I keep saying that, but I'm almost sure it was like the fourth, but who knows? I mean, I'm not yeah. exactly one for... Me keeping track of memories so. <laughs> we can do a Google search and, and
0: validate that later on. <laughs> yeah. I find it's really interesting that Blackberry has gone ahead and addressed the, the media in a in a direct way and the, and I find that control to be rather smart at this point in the game because they really need to stop letting you know that side of the house just totally kind of contort the messaging around what they're trying to do. I wish that they did a little bit more advertising in terms of like putting stuff out there, you know, on Hulu advertisements or on YouTube, and spending a little bit more on getting a little bit fresher a, a, a message out. Because for them to play on nostalgia on any level, they need to actually, you know, get in the game. It doesn't seem that right now they're in any place to kind of take cash of what they've done in the past. Uh, ad hoc and all things considered, you know, those things aren't necessarily as sexy as we want them to be. If you have any kinds of assets that are gonna be in people's hands, be it BBM, be it a device, if you could weave your messaging through that kind of tangible asset, it's gonna be a lot easier for people to grasp onto to what you're selling. And I really hope that BlackBerry can kind of get 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 around that here. With cheaper devices coming, I hope they have now more money to spend on advertising. <laughs> or, you know, with working through different partners and, and whatnot that they can actually bring something about that works well. So let's talk about this uh, this TCL built device that ran through the FCC. Uh, I found this to be kind of a just an odd piece of news. I'm interested in this marketing name of the DTEC 50, and I kind of like just pray and hope that's not a not a launch name or anything like that, and it's just some internal kind of. Well, I would hope so. right? and we've seen DTEC 50 for a while now. This isn't the first time that we've seen any kind of naming mechanism. Is that it's probably a name just typed
1: in to convey, you know a model type or number, you know? Yeah, I mean, every time that something goes through the FCC, it usually doesn't end up as being what it's going to be released as anyways, even if it does say something as important as, like, the marketing name. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen stuff that both says DTEC 50 I've seen stuff that says Neon, so debatable what it's actually going to essentially arrive as in terms of the marketing material Uh, but I think at this point you know we're pretty much in a wait and see uh, position to basically go ahead and find out what this device really truly looks like like how much how much BlackBerry love did they give it and what what the OS is essentially going to look like? Are we going to be basically looking at, like, the exact same software as Priv? Is there going to be, you know, some sort of batch updates uh, that come along with it? Because where it is a new device, there has to be, like, you know, some sort of updates that go along with it. Or is it just going to be, like, the exact same apps that are already loaded on people's privs now? I don't know. It's interesting, interesting time, and I don't know. I just really <laughs> hope that they don't come to market with DTEC 50 because that would just be stupid. <laughs> yeah. That would be like a transgression against
0: time and nature. <laughs> no, but um, I wonder, like, what would you name this device? Like, throw a name out there for a mid-range, probably too expensive BlackBerry all-touch device running the exact same software that Priv is running. Like,
1: what would you name it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't even actually think about that, like, because we've it, it's been referred to so many names at this point that I kind of lost track of what it even actually is. But I don't know. It's an you know, alcatel. Yeah, like, I don't even. You know, I, don't even it, know. I don't even know. I don't even know because it's not inspirational. Like you know what I mean? It's there's nothing. Right. There's nothing purely blackberry. As, you know, like a mechanism to it. Like it's yeah, kind of like, if there's nothing purely blackberry about it to be able to say yeah. Like I don't know. Maybe maybe Dtech 50 is probably the closest thing to like actually being relative to BlackBerry because Dtech is the BlackBerry app so it conveys security i mean that's the closest thing sadly i can't think of anything else to to name it that's if if that's the point we've come to, I think this podcast just needs to call it a close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's we're going to are out.
0: If Viper launches a DTEC 50, we're out of here. Oh. Alex, what would you name a device like this? The Neon, the Hamburg, a mid-range all-touch built by TCL.
2: I don't know. I just I feel like it doesn't even really matter too much what the name is. Like you look at devices like I don't know the the Galaxy line. They're just, like, the S6, the S7, the S7 Edge. Like, it doesn't... They don't really mean anything. And unless they're going to really throw out there and, and advertise it. But, I, I mean, BlackBerry is the kind of company that has always kind of put a name into the device. And so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised at all if well, that, they do. That they're that's, going sort to,
1: of, that's sort of my qualm with it, is that, like, with every BlackBerry device, there has been... Yeah. ...essentially... Unique. Yeah, there, there's been something unique about it. There's been essentially a story to go along with it. There's yeah. been a background for it. And what's the background on this one? Like, you, you can't even yeah. say that it has any background. There's nothing uniquely BlackBerry about it. It's just, it's like, here's a mid-range device. Yeah. Go buy it. And,
0: I mean, the Leap had some messaging, you know? right. <laughs> But that, you know, again, didn't have really any kind of backbone really to stand on. Uh, I would I would call this, like, you know, something they, – they need something that is just, S, like, SEO catch, you know? Like something that is unique enough that yeah. when people look for it, they're going to find it as opposed to something else, you know? Like oh. if they did the BlackBerry, you know, Blade, like, of course, their product would probably not come up. Something else would come up, you know?
1: If they're, if they're only going to play off of SEO, then basically they should just leave it at Neon and then let it put, put it out as that because that already has enough SEO. Yeah, neon
2: phone. I'm searching for Blackberry,
1: right Blackberry Neon. Yeah.
0: That would be just a ridiculous. <laughs> if we got the Neon Argon and Mercury, I would literally... Oh, it's, it
2: doesn't go along with... I feel like Blackberry the way that they try want to try and differentiate on Android is privacy so I feel like they want in some way like the priv, like privacy privilege, like I feel like they want to continue
1: oh, in God.
2: some way doing Please things
1: don't like do that, that.
2: that would hey be... well ever, people know the Tech name so well now because the app people use it on a daily basis so uh, it might be smart just to keep the Tech 50, you
0: know <laughs> how do you keep a straight face for Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> What? Vtech 50. I, I can't agree with you there, Alex. That was <laughs> a joke.
2: That was a joke.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss at this point. In terms of this, you know, this is this is one of those kind of odd pieces, right? We've known for a while that it's going to be this rebranded type device, but is it truly rebranded? I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, BlackBerry has gone to Foxconn and other players and said, "Hey, build me a phone," and they've done it, right? So to this TCL deal, I don't really want people to consider it as a rebranding, right? It's not really a rebranded phone. It has yeah. BlackBerry Secure chip. It has BlackBerry software built, you know, you know, continuously throughout. I mean, it's it's really a BlackBerry handset, right? And yes, it has all the components and pieces of another device, but to say it's just that device redone is is not necessarily accurate. Even the diff- perf- there could be even performance differences between something like, you know, an Idol Four versus you know, this BlackBerry Neon or Hamburg type device.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, basically, BlackBerry could still essentially... Well, maybe not at this point, but I'm just saying, like, in general, like, you know, TCL is basically an ODM. They could have changed anything within that device at any given point and still keep the Odor shell. Like, you know what I mean? You can put whatever you want in there. It's basically just the shell that's being used Mm -hmm. from TCL. It's basically their design... So BlackBerry could be free to go ahead and switch up any of the specs. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing. Um, but, you know, it, it's probably probably too late for that at this point, but that's how it could have played out. Uh, and also, I kind of, like, with the FCC filing, I kind of don't really understand, because as you, as you rightly pointed out, James, like, you know... Blackberry has gone to Foxconn before. They've gone to Wishtron before, uh, and you know they they've essentially manufactured their own devices previously. So why why is it that when this one rolled through the FCC, they specifically had to go ahead and state that TCL was the manufacturer of the device? It just seems a little bit weird to me in term in that terms, like you know when when let's. Let's just say the the Classic. When the Classic went through, I don't think it had to be registered as, like, a Foxconn device when it passed through the, the FCC. I may be mistaken, but I don't ever recall seeing that call out directly in any of the documents, right? Yeah, any of the devices. You know, Leap you know,
0: classic, none of those were really purported as, you know, that manufactured yeah. device, even though, of course, you know, it was made by not BlackBerry. So I find it, as you said, interesting that now we're getting, like, you know, these, these kind of – this TCL fronting, and I think that's part of uh, maybe what they really need to tell us, right? Because they, they should just launch this device, like, put it out, right? But no, I feel they have to tell us something to explain that a little bit of that backstory, and I, and I honestly feel that that will be kind of a greater – uh, understanding of what this deal entails and really who, who's coming out at what. If TCL is manufacturing it, it's almost as if TCL is the one putting it to market, right, as yeah. a BlackBerry-branded phone. So is it more of a licensing play where it's all TCL hardware, TCL effort to get the device forward, yeah. but, you know,
1: it has all the BlackBerry architecture and, you know. And it, technically, technically speaking, that could help BlackBerry with their message and, you know, reinforce their message of, look, we're we're basically working towards software. Here is what we're doing on the hardware side. It basically reinforces that message. If they tell that story, you know what I mean. I don't know if they're actually going to tell that story. We'll we'll find out later on this week. <laughs> I
0: find it just kind of a an odd place for Blackbird to be at right now. I know I sent you a tweet out the other day, Blaze, and it was like, you know. <laughs> It looks like an Alcatel Idol four. No, it's this device. No, it's this device. <laughs> in terms of, you know, <laughs> Alcatel as an ODM putting this device out in multiple ways already. And and you gotta keep that in mind here that if you take a look at what Alcatel has done with this Idol four brand is they introduced it at Mobile World Congress, right? They got partners excited about it. And now as an ODM player, they're looking to take what they've built and make money out of it, right? And put it in different markets. So Vodafone has a Smart Platinum 7 device that they put to market this year, and it is basically a rebranded, kind of redone type of uh, Alcatel Idol 4S. So to say... I really like you know, what they actually did with that, actually. <laughs> I, I do too. It has like a nice kind of carbon fiber change to the back, uh, you know, it, and, it, and it looks fine. It, it's priced yeah. well, and it, it includes a VR headset and all that stuff. So cool, Vodafone, that works for you. Awesome. We know BlackBerry's been doing a lot on the... Uh, you know, in the UK already, so maybe they were able to see that kind of partnership happen and something like that go down, and they're like, you know, it's an interesting play for us. Maybe we can do something similar. Alex, do you think licensing Android, BlackBerry's version of Android and BlackBerry's apps could be a venue for them to kind of make money in the hardware business without you know, going all the way into the hardware business? It's like one foot in, one foot out now as opposed to being kind of two feet in on the hardware piece of their equation.
2: Um, I kind of thought no for a while, and I don't necessarily stand back from that, but you guys brought up some good points that uh, there are some manufacturers from other com- or countries that they kind of want to get into the U.S. market, and it's probably easier to have some unique value proposition, which BlackBerry can help with their software and services with that. So I do like that, that mindset, but realistically, I mean, the, the hardware, like mobile phones hardware division that is just dying. Like, As as a way to make money, the margins are being cut down to absolutely nothing on Android devices. Um, and as it goes on, like realistically, it's, it's not a market for anyone to make money in. So let's think of like, even if BlackBerry did license out their software, how much would these hardware manufacturers be willing to even pay BlackBerry to use their software? Is it even at a point where it's...
0: And, and here's an interesting kind of a counter to, to your point of view there, Alex. It's that... Maybe beyond the software too, what they're licensing is the BlackBerry name, you know, yeah. and the name that it has for this market. We yeah. really again don't know the details here, so you know we'll mm. wait till Tuesday or for f- for the further on that. But I, I, there could be a bigger thing going on here in terms of really just taking the Alcatel brand and putting BlackBerry over it, right, for one specific market. Just like for the U- you know, in the UK, instead of launching the 4S, they launched the Idol 4 and let the 4S be the higher-end kind of Vodafone-type device, whereas it's almost the inverse here, where we have the 4S in the States, and you're able to get it on Cricket and things like that, but you can't get the idle 4. So really kind of maybe just another subplay for them to kind of be in that market in two different ways.
2: But so is what's good for BlackBerry right now necessarily like, – I, I feel like the people that, that are listening to this podcast right now and the people that are really hardcore into BlackBerry – I like I feel like the path that Blackberry is taking right now is not at all for us. Like it may make sense for Blackberry, but to be excited over a lot of these things. Like do you want a rebranded Alcatel Idol 4
0: well, to have the Blackberry it, like it's, that It's like what, what's going to make me if I picked up a, a Z30, right? And an Alcatel Idol 4 and I didn't know any of the backstory behind either of the devices, right? I may lean one way, I may lean to the Idol 4 you know type device. I may lean toward that hamburg, not because I you know am indebted into the software experience, but just because I like the phone a little more. I honestly think that at this point, the people that are listening to this podcast are more interested to understand and learn about how BlackBerry survived themselves, you know, how they didn't wither and die, that they actually pivoted and succeeded in continuing to go in a different path, right? I think that's really what we're chronicling here on this yeah. podcast. And and for these people. And obviously we're gonna keep you on pulse and on beat with what we have that is coming, right? Like these devices you know, that are coming down the line. Uh, even with what Crackberry does, right? A lot of what Blaze is doing is keeping Blackberry's message clarified and kind of refined as opposed to letting the, you know, these other media outlets go out and yeah. you know, contort that message we have kind of Crackberry as a pillar to kind of just keep the news relative to what it actually is, you know, stay objective on it without taking real sway. So I'm excited to see, you know, whether this, you know, TCL-built device is it really a D-Tech 50 because if it is, guys, this
1: podcast is over. I just want to reiterate all of that fact. <laughs> I, I think, I don't know, man, I think when it comes down to it, the, the biggest takeaway, I guess you could say, from the BlackBerry Security Summit was that BlackBerry is still basically going hard in the software area, uh, but when you really look at it, John Chen had a lot of underlying messages as well. If you go through like the interviews and stuff like that that he did with some of the media, not even necessarily just our CrackBerry interview because that was basically a media roundtable, but he said a lot of stuff about Android and... Basically, adding special code on top of Android, and even 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 lean towards talking about Android Nougat. Like, where does how does John Chen even get like this? <laughs> just just as a comparison, this is the guy who basically said that like Google. it runs on the Google, yeah. right? So like, how does he how does he know about Android Nougat? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. There's, there's some further business going on that we don't necessarily know about behind the scenes. And he's talking about, you know, inserting special code into Android and for the priv and all this stuff. And I don't know, but more to James's point about the possibility of licensing the BlackBerry name as well. He even hinted towards that. Like, he basically said that, you know, maybe... Maybe we'll just end up licensing the name. And it was just yeah, kind of like he's, an he's offhand he's
0: comment. Backhand stuff like the whole time at the event where like yeah, he's and so coy about it. He's just like, whatever, yeah.
1: Yeah, gonna, gonna and he dropped like all these little teeny tiny hints that when you look, in, look at them individually, they don't really amount to nothing. You just chalk it up to John Chen being John Chen and sort of like talking loosely, right? But when you start looking at it, it, it shows that there's like a little bit more happening in the background that nobody seems to know about. And he's not really forthcoming with all of that information as of yet. And I don't know, it, it goes back to goes back to what I was saying about in terms of their devices and, and stuff like that, that I'm not even necessarily sure that BlackBerry knows exactly what they're doing when it comes to devices. I think they're getting to that point. But, you know, they're, they're not willing to go ahead and give us all the information. And I think more than anything else, that was probably the biggest takeaway from the Security Summit, other than the fact that, you know, uh, him and Murdy Beard are basically out there trying to, uh, you know, go ahead and, and basically control the message of BlackBerry. Like, look at the software side, guys. Don't worry so much about the hardware. And I don't know. One of those striking John Chen quotes was, you know, I
0: don't think any company's future is in its phones. Yeah, exactly. When you have a CEO saying that, you need to understand, as Alex said, you know, the hardware portion is not necessarily dying, but it is going to fade away. Because in the commoditized market that we're in, right, with smartphones everywhere, everybody's got them, right? They're all connected. Blackbird going and saying, you know, we put our blood, sweat, and tears into building you another slab. It's like, why? They're not going to invest in that. It's easier, much easier to go to a partner who has a very solid phone already and, you know, repurpose toward your ends. And it makes a better kind of integration between the partnership there because you want everyone to succeed that way. It puts Alcatel behind the device, and really wanting, you know, the hardware to be as good as it is. And as well, it makes BlackBerry really push to then maybe go about some of the messaging and marketing for it, or at least in terms of the... Because really, this is John Chen really just listening to the market, right? Him and Marty both seem very focused on just kind of giving the people what they want at this point to the best of their ability, right? BBM Video is a testament to that. We've been asking for it, and they brought it about. In terms of the hardware piece, and maybe Alex you will speak on this, but... You know, John Chen said the Priv was too expensive. He said his customers were like, yeah, I want a secure device, but I don't want to have to pay that much for it. I'd prefer to pay, you know, $500 as opposed to $700. He's like, you know what, I'll do you one better. I'll get you in right under $400. How about that? They're like, all right, I'll buy that. You know, that's kind of the, the conversation they're having with customers. Do you really think that those customers are going to start showing up now that we're at a lower price point? If BlackBerry really does hit where they need to on a well-priced device, do you think that will finally bring people back over?
2: Man, I just don't know if, if it's gonna be considered well, priced depending on I, I I don't it depends on so many things because I feel like people aren't looking at the price at four hundred dollars. The the person that's gonna buy this phone is not looking at, oh, this is a four hundred dollar phone. They're looking at it okay, it's gonna be, you know, fourteen ninety nine a month for for two years on whatever carrier. So less than like the cost of the phone. I'm more curious what it's actually going to what kind of deals they are going to have or what's going to come out to there and then like how does that compare next to an iPhone or next to I don't know, is a uh, is a OnePlus 3 you can't get that through carriers, can you? You have to get that directly through OnePlus. Yeah. Okay, but so like I, $400 for a whole lot of phone. Exactly. But the thing right. is I feel like the person who's going to buy the OnePlus is probably not the same person that's going to buy a BlackBerry. Because I think the one benefit BlackBerry has is carriers. I mean, you look at the Nexus devices too, a lot of them don't sell to the level that maybe they should because they're not in carriers at all. And only the people that know about it are the ones that are going to buy it. But then we have the whole problem where carriers aren't pushing BlackBerry anyway,
0: so is it really going to change anything? And Accessibility, though, you're right. That's a good point of scale. I didn't even think about that That additive that they have, that they do have their carrier relationships to, to be a, something they can lay back on. And, and, again, the subsidies and things like that may actually make it a little bit more appealing. And, again, we don't know, right? We don't know who's building it. We don't know who's selling it. We don't know the price, all to be confirmed with us early next week. But some interesting stuff coming from BlackBerry. We saw BBM beta roll through, so, yeah, BBM is – you know, a little bit lackluster, but even still, they're working on upgrading it, keeping the UI fresh for groups. I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out, if it's a little bit smarter of a workflow. Uh, and as well, uh, updates for iOS and Android that we talked about last week. BB10 got theirs in beta zone this week. So really focusing on the group side on the BBM one. It, it's really just interesting to see kind of the, the the development pace is so much more cross-platform nowadays than it is, you know, keeping the native things totally up-to-date and spick and span. But That's part of this transition that we're going through. If you're interested in watching any of the content from the Security Summit, go to Crackberry.com. There is both the session with uh, former New York City Mayor Rudolph Giuliani and, as well, John Chen's initial keynote. All that stuff is out there. Some really good coverage that was done. I enjoyed the live blog, Blaze. I was there uh, up and watching it. I took the day off just to relax, get my binge on with the Blackberry (laughs) stuff, and uh, some really good coverage. And in our after show, I want to talk about um, the article you guys did, the – really summing summing up the event well, talking about how BlackBerry needs to kind of move the media away from their preconceived notions. It was a really nice piece. I thought it was well written.
1: Yeah, Daniel did a good job on that one.
0: Yeah, entitled, Media Condition to Ask BlackBerry About the Handset Business, says Chen. Uh, Really, really good piece. Definitely check out some of that stuff. We're going to wrap this up, guys. Next week, we'll have a lot more to talk about because we'll have, hopefully, a device to uh, to talk about as well, and we'll be able to put some of our questions about it aside and really kind of hone in on you know the larger messaging behind what that device has. I put out some feeders into our Patreon group, and we got uh, some interesting comments that I wanted to bring up, most of which we've kind of danced around here already, but I thought they were pretty interesting nonetheless. So I put out these feelers, and Lee, one of our subscribers on Patreon, mentions, there seems to be a fair amount of buzz around the Alcatel phones in VR. Could you comment on this? Will this help BlackBerry? by being connected to Alcatel kind of an interesting point there right that you know this phone is selling it's counterpart is you know selling with a VR headset do you think that has any kind of way onto what Blackberry is doing because I really feel like people are going to be so kind of separated between the two that it won't have any effect on Blackberry aside from people making the comparison you
1: know yeah I don't think there's I don't think there's any relation happening there I would be incredibly surprised if there was but it just seems like it, it, it that whole side of the thing just seems to be like an Alcatel, Idol for business side of the thing that they're simply addressing. It doesn't seem as though that that's going to fold into anything, you know. That BlackBerry is going to do. It would be awesome if they did though, because then, you know, that obviously helps push uh, helps push some of their consumer messaging. But at the same time, I don't think that they 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 really want to go ahead and and push out much of that consumer message
0: <laughs> enterprise VR
1: Blackberry yeah, is cutting edge yeah, yeah. exactly it's kind of like sit <laughs> so uh, at your you desk
0: and do your work like. Yeah.
1: How, how do you mix those those items and have it still remain relevant right so.
0: what I What I do think is going to help in terms of this is that the Alcatel Idol 4 and 4S have reviewed well and people have yeah. been pretty pleased with them they've gotten you know between 7 and 8 out of 10 like it's a, it's a good device it's a good base so I think in terms of comparison if people say you know oh how good is this device, and let's compare it to, you know, if there is any mention about the Alcatel Idol, it won't be negative, right? It will be semi-positive, which I think is beneficial, right? I think people may even be inclined to say, you know, with the VR and all the things you can get, if you can get the Idol 4 and you really don't want the BlackBerry piece, you know, that it's a good option as well. So it kind of helps both brands, right? It allows them to kind of focus on which user wants which type of device, as, as Alex mentioned a little earlier. Just like the OnePlus people are going to go for a OnePlus, the people who want to be our headset are going to go for a device that comes with one, right? Or, or one that they can get that works well with their device. Lee also mentions here, I asked a question about my daughter buying an iPhone last week and when we could possibly see a pop-up store in Canada for BlackBerry phones. Obviously, there are service providers like Telus that are not really working to promote BlackBerry well in Canada. And this is something we've talked about, Lee, previously, I think on episode let's say like 107 or 108 entitled Brookfield where we talked a little bit more about this in the after show so definitely go check out that after show because we went in depth about you know how Brookfield has a lot of veins into different industries and doing another pop-up store would be well uh, a good idea at least if they can see the numbers that the New York store is doing I'd love to see them kind of continue that effort especially with these new devices coming it only makes sense right. Uh Blaze, I know you guys reported on this previously, but were they going to sell this newer device in those pop-up stores? Like, was it – it wasn't just shop BlackBerry devices. It was going to be all the new stuff coming too as well, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting because when when uh, Alicia was visiting one of the shops, that was, when, that was one of the things that the employees mentioned offhand that was – that pop up shop was gonna be selling the next newest Blackberry device. I mean I don't think he was supposed to specifically say that at any given point in time. I don't want to get the poor guy fired or anything, but you know, that was one of the things that he actually he actually mentioned that, you know, when the next Blackberry device is announced, they will have it at the pop up shop. So
0: At least they seem to have that That piece kind of tied together, right? That they're going to have some of the latest products there. I would hate that they have like a delay or anything like that in terms of getting the latest and greatest out there. Beating the carriers out and that being like the first place you can really go get that phone would be pretty cool. So interesting stuff. Another kind of comment here is with BlackBerry's partnership with TCL, do you see them able to compete in the mid-range phone business? It seems that the main growth in cell phone business is in the $200 to $400 range. Competition is brutal. And, you know, this year there's been a lot less growth than other years. And really I think we've, we've touched on that throughout, but it's going to be pretty tough for them to, to really compete. But a deal like this, if it is strictly a licensing one, may, may put the hard, hardware kind of cost and margin over on one side, whereas BlackBerry is maybe just taking a recurring software revenue for the licensing and the, and the brand name uh, licensing or, or whatever the deal entails. So who knows? We'll, we'll get a closer look at that definitely in some days to come and we can swing back on that. Last bit, on the other hand, with the Entrust data partnering with BlackBerry on BB10 security, do you see this as an endorsement for further growth in BB10? Where do you think its main application will be? And for that one, I'm thinking totally on the government side and strictly, strictly regulated businesses. But I did see that too. I did see a press release that had BlackBerry 10 in it, and I would skimmed past it, and that was the Entrust data uh, partnership that they do. Uh, again, John Chen even mentioned, I think, at the Security Summit that, you know, the BB10 security is still better than what they're able to implement on Android. And by better, yeah. just, you know, more under their umbrella because they develop and control it, right, as opposed to the Android OS, which they don't. So is that a further endorsement for for growth in BB10? Mm-hmm. Probably not, no. But I do think that that is an endorsement in the continued maintenance and support of BB10, you know, Uh, especially on the security side. Maybe some some innovations there, but I can't see really BB10 growth at this point. Alex, do, do you see a partnership for BB10 to be something that should drive growth? I mean, tell us a little bit about, I know you're an application developer and they have this App, app Heroes program that you know they're running right now. Basically, developers get in an app native new. By the end of the month, you're going to get uh, you know some extra recognition and things like that. But also, they've been kind of featuring in BlackBerry World some of their app developers. So have you participated in any of that? And, and what are you seeing? Can you compare growth of an app partnership on the security side to what you do as kind of a more consumer niche player in the uh, BlackBerry world? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because uh, they they
2: did feature my app somewhat recently and I got to check out some of the download numbers and things like that that were going on. And there were a few purchases. It's definitely died down a lot. Back when I, like, BB10 was, like, really big and things were kind of going like crazy, I was pretty consistently getting anywhere from, like, two to 300 downloads a day, and it was pretty consistent. Um, and for having such a niche app that was, like, you know, surprising, Um, but so with this whole thing where they featured me, like, finally they featured me and everything, and and then they sent me an email and said, hey, you know, you've gotten a lot of good download numbers and things like that that were gonna feature you again, so I'm like, whoa, let me check out the download numbers, because that got me really curious, like, oh, so it it did well, and at first it was like 120 downloads, then like 100, and then I kind of averaged out maybe around 90 or 100 a day for about 2 weeks or so. So, those are definitely decent download numbers for for an app that is as niche as mine is, but it's definitely like you you can see that there's been a huge decline. And the fact that they even told me that it it was one of the most downloaded apps that was featured, that doesn't make me feel the absolute best because I'm like it shouldn't be because it's a very niche product. It's very
1: niche, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I I don't know. It's not the best sign, but it's
0: also not the worst. I could have so expected... I that minutes. how amazing web design cheat sheet is. Go check it out in Blackbird World and yeah. please pay for the freemium model. Pay into literally unlocking like two ninety nine per section of this darn application. Okay, no. It. $1.99 <laughs> per
2: section and one is $0.99. Cents. Lay off me, bro. A lot I of work you're going to do. Happily corrected. He's discounted by a $1 on, on one section. <laughs> I could reduce the pricing. Nah. two sections, but then I'd have to update the app to, to relay that. That's too <laughs> so much work. Uh, I feel like anyone who watches
0: Upstream is like doing the
2: exact opposite of buying your app right
0: now.
2: <laughs> it's fine. You guys supported me back when it mattered. so.
0: Yes, yes. When there was only
2: one like section upstream, to pay for. feel
1: the ones that are buying the app.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's up with your BBM channel, dude? Yours is worse than Cluley's right now. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Mine or Alex's? <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's, yeah. Like, uh, Blaze's is like semi-updated. I mean, we're probably more updated than mine. Nah, probably not. But uh, no, Alex's web design cheat one, he had a good one. It was like a web design BBM channel. I actually got some good stuff from there. This app ab- isn't on print. I, I can't actually I'm enjoy it When
2: it comes to social media and just like posting things, like I'm bad enough with that. And it's the same thing. It's just like the user base is so small right now with channels that is it worth that kind of effort when I'm not even putting that amount of effort into Twitter or... which I have, like, many more. Well, actually, no. I have more followers I have more followers on BBM channels than I did Twitter. Um, yeah. But I don't but know. I get, like, bad. a lot of spam from people, too. Yeah. I had to turn off, like, direct messaging and things because it was really bad.
0: It's because they saw Upstream something. and they're
2: like, make me website, man. Yeah, I wish. That would be nice. No. Spam
1: is something that's still inherently terrible on BBM channels. Like yeah. It's Is it spam or just, like, the user bases? Maybe, that, maybe well, that's rude. It's it's spam to us, but for the user base, I guess it's, like, channel growth <laughs> in some <laughs> respects. But it's channel, I mean, uh, I get tons of
2: spam through my app as well, like the, the BB10 app, because I have an email address in there and you can click a button to, like, request a site feed for me to add. And whenever it comes in, like my I, my stomach turns a little bit. I'm like, oh, hopefully no one requests this, because then I'd have to actually update the app, and it ends up just being like just spam, just like a different language, or nothing's written, or just whatever. So, I, like, I it confuses me. Like, someone physically went on their BlackBerry 10 device, clicked the button, typed in spam, and sent it. Like, why? I just
0: don't. I don't know. I I don't get it. These are the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm at least excited that you know you're making money on Blackberry World. something is is that making money?
2: <laughs> After okay, I'll be honest with all you guys. After being fully featured for a solid two weeks and all of that going on like crazy, I think for the entire month I made eight or nine dollars. So uh, definitely, I was making closer to like between fifty and a hundred a month back when things were going well with Black Pretend. So.
0: Um, Next week on Upstream, like dark life of a developer. Dark developer yeah. days. Now, let's uh, let's hop on this after show, guys. I definitely want to dig in a little bit more on that Crackberry piece about how the media is conditioned to talk about this handset business. It, it, it has a lot of good information in it, and I think that'll be a good place for us to kind of break down <laughs> the uh, – this, this next device that we're going to be seeing as well. Uh, as always, our Patreon subscribers keep our podcast rolling, and we have some cool stuff coming for, for them and for everyone, really, in the next couple days, along with what BlackBerry is doing. We try to keep a tight timeline, even though we don't know what Blackberry's is, but uh, we have some, definitely some cool stuff coming through the pipe. Um, you have any housekeeping, Blaze? Anything cool coming on CrackBerry?
1: Uh, well, aside from whatever happens next week, no. <laughs> <enough to> be <laughs> <know>. At least <laughs> so honest. I mean, you know. No context. We roll with whatever Blackberry is rolling with and if they're rolling out a new device, then I mean you can obviously expect the best coverage on on that. So, you know. Stay tuned for that. It's it's pretty much gonna be a week of whatever this whole new Blackberry device is, so I'm excited for the media game, but I'm excited to see,
0: you know, where they're going to end up on this one. But we're will yeah. catch you. we going to catch you all next week. Again, this device is really going to be launching in the next couple of days here. So we'll see you back at the end of July on the 31st. We are three episodes, guys, away from the end of Season 7 of Upstream, each season having 16 episodes. So we're trucking right along here. Uh, Brandon couldn't be with us. We, he was actually just with us prior to us coming on. He's uh, out, <laughs> out drinking with friends and... Uh, we had to start a totally separate podcast just so we could get away from him without kicking him out. He's probably still on it right now. It's just,
1: yeah. uh, still <laughs> to He's over there chatting out. by himself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, y'all take it, take it easy, and uh, we'll jump on this after show.
2: Yeah. Don't buy my app. Subscribe to Patreon. <laughs> no, if you're going to buy my app, subscribe to Patreon instead. Like, do that. Okay. Thank you. And no, 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 you know, you know. Here, I, I don't know if anyone even cares. Sorry, this is like a last minute thing. But if you do subscribe to Patreon, and you genuinely want my app, let me know, and I can add you to the to the uh, free download list or whatever, so you can get it for free. Um, if any of you even are in Blackberry 10 and genuinely care about it, so
0: yeah, there you so go. Alex is just like selling his app now.
2: <laughs> I'm giving it away for free, kinda. <laughs> Please download my app, please. And I bet I bet penguin too. I am yeah. just putting words into Brandon's mouth, but I'm I'm assuming probably the same thing. So if you're, Brandon makes
0: more than you and it wasn't featured. Is, so how did that this, go?
2: <laughs> yeah, this is this is true. That's
0: it's I mean. a very niche app. That's that's what happens. So yeah, learn learn web design with Alex's help. He he's got your back. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, let's go hop on this one. Take it easy, hey, y'all. Hey,